over two years of doing a podcast, that it would be easy to do an intro eventually. You'd think that. It's not the case. It's not. Not at all. Not once. It's not. Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes it just flows. Sometimes it just happens. But then other times it just doesn't. You know? You feel me, dudes? Yeah. I know you feel me. Yep. Sometimes it's just blocked up, like your nasal passages. Yeah. Sometimes you... Or other... Or passages. You know? (laughs) Like in the Bible. Um, Have you been? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh well i mean i think we both know the question question we both know the question we do because i said it i said the question we do when i asked you how how you've been we both know the answer to that one which is sick yes me too sorry if my voice is a little uh off this week folks it's yeah. fucking winter and my body is giving up yeah that's so, true it's she- not getting warm yet so we're we're out of here we're done don't worry we we don't have the corona we wash our hands in this household. We do, even when there's not a global plague. For real. Plague. Like, everyone's like, wash your hands. And I'm like, you should be doing that anyway. <laughs> when did you stop? When when was that ever not a we thing? had to learn that in kindergarten to progress to the next level. That is true. To the next level. To the next level. Before you evolved. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in Scientology. Yeah. We have to wash the thetans off of our hands. You have to wash your hands before you can get on that ship that takes you. What's the Haley's Comet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hail Bob. Hail Bob. Yeah. You got to wash your hands before you uh, reach the next plane of existence. Mm-hmm. So uh, please do that. Do that. Definitely. Put mm-hmm. it on your to-do list. For so. sure. But this week, we still keep getting these Patreon folks, y'all. <laughs> you sound like you're mad about it. It just keeps happening to us. Why does it keep happening? Uh, no, it just does. And we're happy for that, honestly, mm-hmm. because uh, that helps support this show. It helps keep us on air. So if you're not a Patreon supporter and you don't like this show, then uh, they're at fault. <laughs> yeah, blame Patreon. <laughs> if you hate us, blame Patreon. Mm. Blame those people. <laughs> them over there. <laughs> Uh, But no, we do. We have uh, several invocations to uh, start out our show. And if you are new and are like, what the fuck are you about to do? What is this witchcraft that is happening uh, on my podcast feed on this day? Then invocations uh, are something that we do for our Patreon members who sign up. Uh, We light candles on the show for them uh, with all of the intentions of health, wealth, happiness, goodwill, all of those good vibes. Uh, And yeah, so if you want to find out more, plus, uh, you know, check out some other pretty cool perks that we have, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the haunted heart. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to kick us off with our first Patreon, who is our first Patreon our first Patreon mm. member. Yes. Uh, our first patron from Patreon. <laughs> yes. And that would be Jennifer L., who is a member of our Stay Spooky Squad. Squadron. 
squadron. And you know what they say, folks. The couple that spooks together stays together. So next up, we have a very special duo Patreon invocation for Catherine D. And Johnny D. And they are members uh, of our Stay Spooky squad as well, girl. Ooh, Johnny's yours was uh, a little loud there. A little aggressive. But yes, uh, thank you guys for being a member of our Patreon and signing up. Uh, there's lots of cool shit to check out on there. Lots of backlog. So please uh, feel free to help yourself. And remember that your candles will light our way through this episode. But forever and always in our dark, 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 dark little hearts. And we appreciate that, don't we? We do. We appreciate yes. it greatly. Yes. We appreciate it as much as the car alarm in the background. Was there I'm a hoping car alarm no one can hear it. It's still going on. Listen. I can't hear it. Oh, I, am I having a stroke? It's definitely there. Hmm. Don't hear anything. Terrifying. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, just going to hope that I'm not um, suffering some side effects of researching this week's topic. Oh, God. Okay. So I have no clue what she's bringing to the table today folks no clue so fair warning i've been told that this is going to be possibly another mandela effect episode like not the same but i don't want to put that the out same. there i don't want to i don't want to put it out there but it should be a well, good time here's the thing you remember what happened and they remember what happened to me the last time we went into some heavy shit like this so i need you to be really careful <laughs> With me. That's good. I'm a I'm known as a careful person, so you should have nothing to be worried about. Really? Right? Totally Are you sure careful, about that? not impulsive at all. You and sure? Absolutely um timid, Sa they might say. Says the queen of chaos over <laughs> here. <laughs> Fucking chaos mage over here. Yes. Yes. Um anyway, are we ready to get into it? Ready? Uh I think so. Let's okay. dive right on it. Picture it. You're 11 years old in 1984. You finished a long day of playing outside with your friends, riding bikes, building secret clubhouses in the woods, and trading hostess pudding pies for triple power push pops. It's a very Stranger Things type of vibe. After dinner, you sneak downstairs to amuse yourself and find your parents' old shortwave radio on a dusty shelf. You reach up, gently lift the radio off the shelf, setting it on a nearby table for further investigation. You blow off a layer of dust, 
with all the magical reverence of an Egyptologist or grave robber who has just discovered a hidden artifact inside a long, closed-off tomb. You flip the switch on the radio and begin to turn the dial, not knowing what you're looking for exactly. Static flows forth from the radio's speaker like a boundless ocean of sound, shapeless, endless, and disorienting, until... Suddenly, a break in the static. A fuzzy but distinct voice emits from the speaker and echoes in the darkness of the basement. A disembodied, inhuman, robotic voice reciting seemingly random numbers into the ether. What is the significance of these random numbers? Who are they for? And more importantly, who is sending them? Who does this voice belong to? The scene we've just laid out is actually a bona fide childhood memory for a lot of kids worldwide who grew up anywhere between the 1950s and the 1990s. The elusive, enigmatic subject of number stations has fascinated historians, skeptics, conspiracy theorists, and quacks for decades. What do these creepy, disembodied voices reciting numbers seemingly into the void mean? What is their purpose? Espionage? Drug cartels? Aliens? Don't worry, fam, we're going to mention it all. But before we get into talking about what their true purpose might be, let's get into a little bit about what number stations actually are. So have you heard of number stations? Uh, absolutely not. Have no clue. I'm over here like... <laughs> Through the entire slowly, intro, Kenny's like, just looking at me like, the fuck? I'm like backing away like, who are you right now? Like, what is this? Oh, she, she came wrote, with a script. She <laughs> She came with a script today. Oh. Yeah, I'm like over here, like slowly backing towards the window. Uh, I would maybe move a little ways away from the window because you're probably going to need space to back towards it as we as we move on true, through the true. episode. Okay. So number stations are shortwave radio stations that broadcast lists of seemingly random numbers according to specific, very predictable, predictable timed schedules. So like every Monday and Tuesday from 2 to 4, there's a station that flips on, recites a random list of numbers that lasts exactly 15 minutes, and then flips off. So for those of you who don't know much about shortwave radio, because I certainly didn't before I was researching this topic... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Know all about it. Yeah, got shortwave you. Shortwave radio? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm into a lot of nerd things, but I'm not into the shortwave radio. Shortwave I radio. missed that cusp. Like, I I just shot right past it. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I So I didn't know anything about it before researching this topic. So this is obviously going to be pretty basic for you. So if you are a shortwave radio fanatic, I'm sorry if I fucked this up. Twitter. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> Twitter. So shortwave radio broadcasts between 1.6 megahertz and 30 megahertz, just below the AM spectrum. Because shortwave radio is affected by atmospheric conditions, like rain and storms and shit like that, due to the mechanics of how it works, it's kind of a long story, but it's being bounced off the ionosphere. Google it if you're interested in that type of shit. Um, but because of that, it's not the most reliable form of communication, but it is the most anonymous, and we'll get into that later. 
This is why the exact same message is often repeated at regular intervals, seemingly according to some kind of schedule. It would seem that the reliable schedule is designed to provide multiple opportunities for the receiver of the message to hear it. Not all number stations involve numbers, either. Some involve nursery rhymes or random repeated phrases, something like the green ball bounced against the red wall. Interestingly, while many number stations ceased operation between the late 1990s and the early 2010s, coinciding with the rise of the internet, mobile phones, and cheaper satellite communications, since the mid-2010s, the activity of the several remaining stations has significantly increased. Uh-uh. Nope. Now, the most widely accepted idea about the use of number stations is that they're used by governments or government organizations to communicate information and objectives to intelligence agents in the field. While a lot of the more mainstream sources say that no government has ever admitted to operating or owning any of these number stations, Priam.org, one of the foremost organizations for research that exists, reports that well, research as related to number stations. Not just, <laughs> was like, it's not like a Getty Images situation. <laughs> um, but Priam.org does the most research on number stations that I could find. Um, and they actually reported that the Czech Ministry of the Interior and the Swedish Security Service have actually both, both acknowledged the use of number stations for espionage. And then they released deca- declassified documents proving the same. Oh, shit. So the history of number stations is murky as fuck. Some sources say that they first appeared around World War One, during which time they broadcast their messages in Morse code, and other sources claim they started broadcasting in World War II. Regardless, most of the research about number stations centers around the Cold War era from the 1940s to the 1990s, which isn't surprising given the heightened espionage activity that was going on around that time. Now, I don't want to get too far into the Cold War stuff because this is a horror, true crime, and macabre subjects podcast, not a history podcast. But bear with me here because the context is kind of important to the subject. So, Cold War in two minutes. Uh, Communism was happening (laughs) in uh, what used to be known as Russia, what was then called the USSR, the United Soviet Soviet Socialist Republic. Um, And... Uh, the concept of communism at that point in time was as a worldwide thing, right? So the propaganda that was being put out with, uh, as far as it related to communism was that it would be a worldwide movement. And um, America was very threatened by that because we weren't trying to have fucking world domination because we had just fought Hitler. Um, Everybody had just fought Hitler, obviously. Um, So we weren't really into that whole like world domination vibe. Like we weren't really riding with that. Like we were on much more of like a, we're going to stay over here and, do our fucking own thing vibe. Right. (laughs) Except for we were one of the only two superpowers and the other one was the like heart of communism essentially. Um, So in that time, communists were sort of, um, it's, there's been a lot of parallels that have been drawn between like this time period and the hunt for communists and like the Salem witch trials and the hunt for witches. Um, The worst thing that you could call somebody was a communist. And probably the country that best embodied the Cold War was Germany, where we had the Berlin Wall separating East from West. East was part of the communist bloc, and West was capitalist. Um, There was a ton of spy and espionage activity happening in Germany, because each side wanted to know what the other was doing, because we weren't talking to each other. 
at least not really officially. Um, and that's why it's called the Cold War, because there wasn't actually any hot conflict. There wasn't like conflict where we were facing off against Russia. But there was a lot of like, we're just kind of both leaving each other on red shit. Yeah, lots of passive aggression. Yes. And I say that with the caveat that a lot of uh, the, the USSR had this thing where they would collect satellite states, and most of them were poor Eastern European countries. Um, and in a lot of those Eastern European countries, as well as in the Middle East, there were actually conflicts where Russia was backing one side financially, and the US was backing the other side financially. And we, we even had like top secret operatives, but officially, neither one of us were involved. So there was conflict that we were spurning on, but we weren't really owning it as our conflict. So there's just a caveat there. We were definitely fucking fighting each other. Um, (laughs) So all of this was made way worse by the fact that in 1949, the Soviets tested the first atomic bomb, which prompted us to build our nukes. And then after that, we had the nuclear arms race where each side was making bigger and bigger bombs and basically putting everybody under the threat of global nuclear annihilation. Or, as we like to call it at that time, mutually assured destruction. Where if I, uh, if you piss me off and I launch my, no- my nukes at you, then you'll launch your nukes at me. And basically we destroy the fucking planet. Is kind of the... Yep, yep, that's how that goes. Yeah. So, obviously, during such a time of such great tension and distrust, it's easy to understand why espionage skyrocketed. Because neither side was talking to the other, except through intermediaries, each side was desperate to know what the other side was up to. It was a good time to be a spy. You could make bank. I mean, but would you, though? Like, (laughs) would you want to be? I mean, would I want to be? No, but that's because I much prefer sitting on my couch watching Netflix. I just Can I just say that I love this, like, Cold War in under two minutes? So, like, you know, all you need to know about the Cold War and the time it takes for you to heat your TV dinner. You know I got you. That's why I got this history degree. (laughs) That's why I paid multiple thousands of dollars for this history degree. Strictly for this podcast. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm using it. (laughs) There you go, Mom. Uh, All of that basically brings us back to number stations. After all, gathering the intelligence is meaningless if a spy has no way of communicating that information back to his intelligence agency in whatever country he works for. So why use shortwave, especially in the era of the internet and instant text message communication? The beauty of communicating information over shortwave radio is that while tracking the location from which the radio waves are being sent out is not too difficult, identifying the intended recipient is like finding a needle in a haystack. This form of communication is not targeted in the way a text message or an email is, where you send it from one specific recipient or from one specific sender to one specific recipient. Shortwave radio allows you to broadcast a message out so that the entire population can hear the message. But how do you figure out and target the person who was listening for, decoding, and actually understanding that message? It's almost impossible. So while literally everyone can hear it, only one person can derive the true meaning. And that person is entirely anonymous. Interesting. That's an interesting way to think about that. Like to put your message out there for everyone to hear. But if that only if only one person is going to understand it then, you know, and then there's no way to direct that back to you, Mm -hmm. the sender. Well, the sender actually can be, so they can, targeting where where the sound waves came from or like where the broadcast is coming from is actually pretty simple. 
I mean, I say simple, but I couldn't fucking do it. But like, it's simple for like government organizations, right? You can you can look at the data streams and see where this message came from. But if the sender's already gone, right? It's mostly just the location of the unit or whatever right. that sent those waves out. So not necessarily who was doing it, right? So in case you're interested, the encryption of these messages is done doing what's called uh, using what's called one-time pads. Uh. And we're not talking Kotex. (laughs) One-time pads. One-time pads. Uh, As with a lot of things relating to this topic, I don't want to get too bogged down in the details because there are forums online that will literally take you step by step and teach you actually how to do this. If that's you, there are going to be some links in the description where you can check out how to do that and teach yourself. But um, we're not going to do it on the show. Uh, If you're interested, Crypto Museum is a really good resource. They have a really good article on one-time pads that you can check out. Um, But for our purposes, OTP um, just consisted of a stack of very thin pages, each with a series of numbers listed on them. Now, there are only two copies of each OTP created, one for the sender of the message to use to encode the message and one for the receiver to use to decode it. And each page of the OTP was destroyed immediately after use. So it consisted of three sections. There was the prelude, the message itself, and the closing. Now, the prelude consisted of a station identifier, uh, the intended recipient, the priority of the message, and which key to use. So that basically was how the recipient would know if they were listening to the broadcast, like if there were three different tones, they would know what page to flip to in the OTP to be able to decode the message. Um, the message, obviously, itself, then is tapped out in the random numbers. And then the closing provides a clear end to the message. Um, essentially because the numbers are random and each OTP corresponds to each particular message and is only used once, um, and there's only two copies of it that are destroyed after use, what we have is essentially an unbreakable code. Okay. This kind of reminds me of when I used to send, uh, um, emails back and forth with my classmates in binary. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Oh, so shit. in our computer class, we had this little like thing where we would send each other emails. It's where we when we first set up our email address. Uh, and there was this website where you could type in whatever message you want, and it would convert it to binary code. Oh. And then you would send that message in binary and say whatever you want. And then reconvert it. And then the other person would reconvert it. That's cool. Not quite spy level, but, you know. That's cool as shit. I never did that. Yeah. Fuck. You had me over here thinking you were converting it to binary yourself. Though. I was like, damn. Hell Nah, you was using no. an app. <laughs> I was using a website. Of course you were. You cheating ass bitch. <laughs> Listen, shut up. I never said I was a genius. <laughs> you didn't. Make a number station, why don't you? Come on. <laughs> I might. <laughs> So before you decide that the number stations are one of those weird relics of Cold War history, internet sleuths have identified number stations that are operating currently, right now, present day, all around the world. Most notably in Cuba, Germany, a number of Eastern European countries that were formerly part of the USSR, and even here in the U.S., Some have even accused drug cartels of now using these number stations to communicate messages to escape government intervention. But whoever is operating them, and whatever their purpose, these number stations are definitely creepy. So let's take a closer look 
at some of the more well-known stations. What the fuck? Yeah, I told you it was creepy. No, ma'am. Not here for it. <laughs> I told no. you it was creepy. No, ma'am. Not here. Not here for that. If a radio like station that. could be haunted, it's probably that one. <laughs> oh, God. No. So ridiculous. I'm not. No, no. <laughs> no. You're not going to have some creepy little bitch. What is she saying? She's just reciting numbers in German. So that clip was actually from number Ooh. station G03, which operated between the 1970s and the 1990s in Germany and was most likely used to communicate messages to agents in West Germany. Transmitted from the East German city of Zeesen, which is fun Zeesen? to say. Zeesen. 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 This station broadcast a series of atonal chimes and gongs before a female automated voice began speaking a series of five-digit numbers on frequencies 3258 and 5410. G03 was last heard in May 1990, shortly before the German reunification, before it vanished from the airwaves mysteriously. Uh-uh. No, I don't, I don't like this. Not at all. Because, like, you know, I have to get into some, like, I don't know if you'll get into this, but, like, I don't like this, like, the idea of, like, some paranormal shit. That's what's going on in my head. Like, like these little, it's a little ghost bitch, and <laughs> she's got a little fucking radio, and she's trying to talk to me. Nope, I'm about to turn that right on back to 107.5 KZL. <laughs> and for listen, today's hot jams. For today's hot jams. <laughs> no, man. From the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> through today you're right right. (laughs) not doing it but it's like because you know if it's what what do we listen to we listen to either is it am or fm i can't remember we listen to fm so most people listen to fm is what you think of as radio now there's like satellite radio and a bunch of bullshit but like satellite radio is for the bougie fm is for us common folk and am is for the old people and people trying to listen to baseball games oh really but shortwave is below even am so, like, you can't access shortwave radio unless you have a shortwave radio, or there's a really cool research that uh, resource that I'm actually going to share, um, like, towards the end of the episode, where there's an internet shortwave radio that you can oh, access through a website. No. Yes. No. So, you likely have never listened to shortwave radio. Probably. You, it's very intentional. Probably haven't. No. Yeah. Not at all. Is yeah. it like CB radio? Like, like kind of. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. When I listen to the... Never mind. We're going <laughs> to. Never done that. <laughs> <clears throat> Certainly don't know what that's all about. Uh, let's move <laughs> on to the next station, shall we? Who's <laughs> 
Ночная имена. 74, 14, 35, 74. So, station UVB 76, also known as the buzzer. This station broadcasts a short, monotonous buzz tone, repeating at a rate of approximately 25 tones per minute, 24 hours a day. Present tense. Broadcasting on frequency 4625 and 4810, the first reports of this station appeared in 1973, and it is still active, very active, to this day. In 2010, shortwave radio listeners reported a marked increase in activity on UVB-76, and in September of that year, the station moved to another location and changed its identification to MDZHB. In December of 2015, the station started using yet another new call sign, and as recently as March 1st, 2019, the station appears to be using a number of new call signs, the most recurring of which is ANVF. Now, people have speculated on the purpose of UBB 76, with one of the most prevalent theories being that the broadcasting of the buzz is somehow linked to the concept of mutually assured destruction. Postulating, you like that word? Postulating that. Postulating. 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 I like, I like when a good man postulates. That was one of my words. That's what happens when your term paper, like, like cross-pollinates your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so we were postulating that uh, should the buzzing cease, nuclear bombs would be launched automatically leading to the apocalypse. It's a good spooky theory, right? Uh, (laughs) No. However, you don't have to get too upset because this theory was disproven on June 5th, 2010, when UVB-76 went silent for approximately 24 hours. Oh, shit. Resuming the normal buzzing pattern on the morning of June 6th, 2010. But what if it did happen and we're all dead right now? Maybe. June June 5th, 2010, world yeah. ended. Yeah. Maybe we're in an alternate reality. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> now it connects with the Mandela. Oh, God. <laughs> More realistically, though, the buzzing is probably what the shortwave radio community refers to as a channel marker. Um, By sending out sound or data um, on a steady pace, it makes it easier to find the station's frequency because you can actually see, um, like if you're looking at a shortwave radio or if you're trying to dial by sound, um, you can actually see that sound going out. Or you can hear it, right? So it just makes it easier to find. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, if it was just static, you couldn't, you couldn't like distinguish the static from the other static, right? But at least if you have a buzzer, then you can kind of find it. Um, by transmitting a consistent signal, the station makes itself easy to find. So we'll insert a clip of the station for you to listen to here. Nah, bruh. Nah. We're not going there. We're not doing this. We're not doing this here on this day. I need you to switch subjects right now. We could potentially, like, get 
hunted by the Russians. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I didn't really consider that as like a as like a potential blowback for us. I Usually, mean, it's more like, are we gonna get haunted by this ghost? Are we gonna get like? Are we gonna create like a fucking tulpa? Is Sarah McLaughlin gonna haunt gonna us? Come get us one of these <laughs> days for using that one sound clip that one time. You never know. But, but usually the Russians aren't a concern for us. And yet this episode, maybe. Listen, I thoroughly enjoy a good. Is baklava a, a Russian thing? <laughs> no. Oh, damn! What's a Russian dessert? Um. Uh, we don't really do desserts. What's the food? Actually, uh, I mean vodka. Borscht. Yeah, borscht is great. Okay, borscht yeah. actually started out as Ukrainian though. Oh, that's all right. They claim it. Russia. Pilmeni is great. I love your vodka. <laughs> love it. You just drink vodka. I hate vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we we love it. Look, I I have a Russian studies minor. Clearly, I'm invested in your country, people. I like you. You're all right. Not more than America. In case you're listening, but I in like case you. America's you're right. listening. In case I know nowadays you you can never really fucking tell. Um, but UVB seventy six is creepy for several reasons. So on this station, unlike on other number stations, the seemingly random number messages are not read out loud out loud by an automated voice, but rather it appears that the messages are read out in real time by an actual person. Did you hear the difference between the first one that was like super automated and regular and then the second one where it sounded like it yeah. was a little bit more? That's because that's a real person. Uh, At least they think. Yeah. Okay. So is this and this is happening today? Yeah, this is happening today. I mean, I don't know if it's happening like right now. But like, like, what, is it the same voice doing it over and over or like? I think it's different voices. Um, uh, it's not. It's not like one person. It's like a yeah. It's a group. It's a group effort. It's a team effort. Oh, one could say no. Um, in fact, there's even actually been bro- uh, recordings of UBB seventy six broadcasts in which what sound like conversations can be heard going on in the background uh-uh. of the broadcast. Nope. So let the imp- implications of that sink in for a second. Whoever or whatever is broadcasting through UVB 76 is not an old Soviet program left running on a loop after the Cold War, playing a message that long ago lost its meaning and significance to an audience who has lost the key to the sands of time. UVB 76, it would seem, is broadcasting live, which means whoever the messages are intended for is listening live. And the activity has definitely been increasing in recent years. On October 17th, 2016, UVB 76 broadcast at least 18 different messages in less than 24 hours. And four additional voice broadcasts were heard between January 13th and January 27th of 2020. Whoa, 20 motherfucking 20, bitch. Last month. 20 mu- 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020-2020. In January. In January. January 13th to the 27th. Listen, I promise it wasn't us. That's not what we were doing when we were on our getaway. We <laughs> it's were not. not. <laughs> it, it wasn't us. <laughs> we didn't do that. that we understand us. how the dates look, but um, <laughs> wasn't us. 
Ah, I'm laughing because I'm terrified. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's scary. Wow. Yeah. What was going on? What wasn't going on in January of 2020? Let's right? just say that. So I looked up actually on October 17th. January 13th to January 27th was just like too wide of a, of a period of time. So I zeroed in on like October 17th of 2016 to see like what was going on. And on that day, I believe there were some there were some like Russian air raids over Syria and the UN and the US I think had spoken out against Russia for that but that was like the only thing that I could find that was like significant interesting yeah it was weird and I didn't really look too closely into that cuz I'm um I'm trying to stay right here on the airwaves with you <laughs> listeners <laughs> on the haunted heart oh, podcast God. don't don't want to be broadcasting from Siberia can you imagine how bad our audio would be oh my God! I mean, we're in D.C. and it's it's not great. No, it's not. I cue mean, the cop car. Shit. Yeah, outside. cue the cop car. That's that's them coming to get us. <laughs> God. All right, so I have one more for you to lighten the mood because I think you're getting a little bit. You're. I no, I am. <laughs> I am legitimately terrified. Like you don't understand. Like I'm over here trying to play it cool, but like in the inside, I am <laughs> terrified because I'm like I don't. Like we're not on shortwave radio, but we're on we're on Apple something. Podcasts. <laughs> we're, on <some> <laughs> we're on an what RSS we took, feed. What if we took the podcast to shortwave radio and we were like, "Look, if you want to listen, and then just it's going it to be like a super exclusive like podcast." What if we did a live shortwave radio like episode and made everybody like get on a frequency and we just did it live? What if, yeah, that's what we do. That's what, that's our, uh, that's special. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> How incredible. Do you get on It'd be like two people radio. listening. Do you have to, you have to buy a machine, right? No, you can. So there's, again, at the end of the episode, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a resource for where you can get it through the internet. But like where you can broadcast yourself on shortwave radio? I think. I don't know. We're podcasters. We'll figure it out. <laughs> this is kind of like when we had the first conversation to start the show. We were like, hey, you know, you can broadcast. I'm, I yeah, mean, sure. I mean, sure. Yeah, you can share a, a USB mic and record. You know, <laughs> and that'll be floor, fine. And record in on between the floor, a closet. In between two uh, closeted uh, mirrors. Two, two closeted what? <laughs> in between two mirrors that were closet doors. I'm just a lot of metal. My my brain it's shutting down it's shutting down it's doing that thing where it rambles and i shut down <laughs> all right well i have one more number station for you before your brain shuts down all right okay don't worry this one's nice i don't like the way you fucking say that bitch because <laughs> you're nice and my nice don't always correlate so given our episode two weeks back i think it was two weeks on um, the darker side of all our favorite childhood stories, uh-uh. our favorite childhood yeah. cartoons. Do you yeah. remember? You covered yeah. that. Yeah, I did. I would be remiss not to mention one number station in particular that I came across in my research. The Yosemite Sam number station. Uh-uh. First reports of this station's broadcasts on frequencies 3700, 4300, 6500, and 10500 appeared on December 19th, 2004. The station is aptly named after the Warner Brothers cartoon character whose voice is used as part of the very unusual transmission. This station's entire pattern takes place in precisely two minutes and always begins seven seconds after the top of the hour. 
Each broadcast starts with a data burst lasting 0.8 seconds, followed by, well, let's just play a clip of it for you, shall we? Let's not. How about that? When I tell you, I screamed off the air. He actually did. (laughs) I was writing down my edit note. (laughs) And she went ahead and played it without me realizing I screamed. It started playing immediately. (laughs) I don't like this. Aren't you glad you moved away from the window? I told you to move away from the window. I don't like what you have brought into this household. (laughs) You know how some people are with, like, Ouija boards? Uh-huh. This shit can fuck off. That's you in the Yosemite Sam numbers station? <laughs> this shit can <laughs> fuck right the hell off. I don't like it. I'm not here for it. I... I... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I don't... Uh, you rebuke it. You rebuke it. <laughs> this is not of the Lord. <laughs> it's dark sided. This is dark sided. <laughs> this is dark sided. Step. Witches. Gargoyles. So, the clip that you just heard on the Yosemite Sam number station, it was taken from the 1949 Mary Melodies cartoon Bunker Hill Bunny. The broadcast begins on one of the frequencies. 10 seconds later, remember I listed out those those four frequencies that it would play on? So it would start on one of those frequencies. Ten seconds later, it's repeated on the next higher frequency. Ten seconds later, it's repeated on the next highest frequency and so on for a total of two minutes. So beginning on December 19th, 2004 uh, was when the broadcasts were originally noticed. Uh, They ceased on December 19th. 23rd 2004 so just a couple days later but then they returned during february 2005 adding additional new frequencies to the broadcasting pattern reception reports seemed to indicate that the transmitter site was likely somewhere in the desert around albuquerque new mexico in the u.s which sort of gives new meaning to the phrase repeated by bugs bunny i knew i should have taken a left turn at Albuquerque. <gasps> what? No, I don't think so. I was getting ready to say, why were they using Yosemite Sam? I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. That's... Huh. <laughs> uh-uh. So the Yosemite Sam station had an abrupt and rather haunting end, though. Oh. Oh, did it? Two amateur radio operators, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> podcasters... What happened to them? <laughs> Two amateur radio operators claimed to have tracked down the source of the Yosemite Sam uh-huh. broadcast in they? February 2005 as being located at the Matic Center in a factory owned by Laguna Industries, um, located near the small town of Laguna, New Mexico, about 50 miles southwest of Albuquerque. The two quickly left as they were approached by security guards after taking photographs of the site. Three hours later, the radio broadcasts allegedly stopped and have not been heard since. Fuck. 
How are the how are the two uh, radio? <laughs> Don't know. People? Do we know? Don't know anything about them. Never Do we heard know what happened to them. Never. They heard. were just approached by two security guards. Yeah. And then they left. And then they, oh, yeah, they, they left. They were probably like us, like fucking around, like, oh, let's get some Patreon content, go out and film it. And the security guards are like, this is a factory. You can't just take pictures here. Please leave. Uh huh. I bet. Yeah, sure. Sure it was. Yeah. But then the radio broadcast Why did stopped. It stop? Exactly three hours later. What was this business? What was this place? I don't know. Um, It was some factory. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Factory of what? I don't know. What are they? factorizing i don't know what are, what are they factoring <laughs> i so oh. when it comes to this station we're left with one haunting question was it a radio troll or something far more insidious i i think insidious <laughs> i think insidious i think insidious i think this whole thing sounds fucking insidious af you really didn't like that one no <laughs> i didn't think no. i thought you'd laugh at that one uh no ma'am you didn't like that. No, ma'am. No, Pam. No, ham. No, <laughs> no, Sam. No, Yosemite Sam. I'm not here for it. I'm not here for this. You have brought evil into this household, and I don't agree. So this, of course, brings us to my favorite portion of the episode. The discussion portion? Conspiracy theorists. Oh, Okay. So conspiracy theorists have suggested that perhaps world governments or government organizations are using number station broadcasts to communicate with extraterrestrial life. Of course. Is E.T. using shortwave radio? Maybe. I mean, you would think that he would have that iPhone 11. They shot that new Lady Gaga video on it, girl. Yes, the fuck they did. They I shot mean, the hell out of it, too. That's the only thing. That's what we should do. We should get on shortwave radio and just broadcast. The Lady, Lady Gaga shortwave radio? <laughs> Amazing. Just broadcast. Just broadcast stupid love in different frequencies <laughs> the whole time. That would be incredible, actually. We might have to cut that out so that we can actually do it. Okay. Won't you bad romer? That would be like the call that would get repeated, the sirens. Yeah, it would be good. That actually might be one I would be into. Yeah. We should do that. There you go. So um, the theory, the conspiracy theory um, with aliens has been connected with the very real effort on the part of scientists to make contact with extraterrestrial life. Extraterrestrials. (laughs) E.T. Oh, such a definitive source. Um, the, The theory that number stations are somehow involved in communicating with extraterrestrial life has been connected with the very real effort on the part of scientists to make contact uh, through the SETI program or the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Well, it's a really hard word to say. Um, Since 1960, actually, SETI officials have been using large radio telescopes pointed at the sky to ardently and so far fruitlessly, or so they say, Look for any talkative aliens transmitting messages towards our portion of the galaxy. In 1974, SETI pioneer Frank Drake took it one step further by using the world's most powerful radio telescope, the 1,000-foot-wide Arecibo dish in Puerto Rico, to beam a complex message towards Sector M13. Now, some SETI practitioners who are the listeners have criticized METI messaging to extraterrestrial intelligence efforts as being fraught with danger. For all the reasons that we would caution kids against getting on the internet and just sending messages out to random strangers, right? You have no idea who you're talking to, 
and you're advertising your presence to beings with unknown, potentially dangerous capabilities and intentions. Others argue that an, an opposition to METI could be why more than half a century of SETI efforts have come up with nothing. If, like some of us down here, everyone out there is too timid and cautious to transmit to the stars, then we have little hope of ever communicating with other galactic civilizations. Some argue that the number stations originally intended for communication with intelligence agents operating in alien countries may have now found a new purpose in the dawning of this new era, communicating with actual aliens. Messages encoded in seemingly random numbers could include information about the human race, coordinates for UFO landing sites, and complex negotiations with alien life forms. I mean, how about we not? Like, have do we not learn anything from Contact the film? Like, that's a great film. <laughs> that's a great film. I mean, I no. No. You don't want to talk to aliens? No, I don't. I don't want to talk to aliens. I would do it. Not at all. Just on the off bit. chance that the Vulcans are Spock, out there. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, okay. Let's clap cheeks. Listen, we all know you want Spock's cock, okay? <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. But I'm going to tell you what. You're not getting Spock's cock. You're getting like fucking E.T.'s weenie. And that's not fine. <laughs> that's not fine. <laughs> that's not fine. It isn't fine. They're not that's interchangeable, not cool. Listen, honestly. you go Go to, to a convention. <laughs> Listen, no, you go. I've seen those dildos that they sell that are like alien looking things. Oh, yeah. And they're weird. Yeah. Or those ones where they do the like you can put the egg in it and it deposit deposits it into your vagina. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like a suppository. That's weird. Yeah. That's a lot. That's that's doing a lot. Not kink shaming at all. You do you. But for me, it's a no, bro. (laughs) Like, a no. Mm. I don't I don't want to make contact like I, I want to I want you to stay over there. You stay up in space doing whatever it is you do. I'm going to stay here recording my podcast, pretending that you exist. Don't exist. <laughs> don't you better not exist. No, <laughs> no it's and, kind of like and eating you can, my Cheetos. You can liken it to like like. It's not like a dating site where you put your shit out there and then like other people have their shit out there, or I guess other beings have their shit out there. And then you can kind of like swipe left or right if you want to like have contact. You know what I'm saying, Tinder. You know what I'm saying. Um, It's more like a classified ad where you just like put an ad in the newspaper and then whoever shows up on your fucking doorstep is who you get. Yeah, no, we don't do that. Very, very, um, that's a lot. No. It's a hell of a risk. Yeah. To run. Ooh. I'm not into it. (laughs) So I want to end this episode with an interesting development in the realm of number stations. Oh, has there been an interesting development? But wait, there's more. (laughs) Okay, ShamWow. (laughs) So while it would seem that the practice of using shortwave radio to transmit messages is still alive and well, as in the case of UVB-76. Haven't forgot about that, have you? (laughs) Which one was that one again? The Russian one. Ah, no. The practice is evolving in our digital era to include new mediums. First noticed in 2013, a YouTube account under the name WebDriver Torso began uploading videos that were exactly 11 seconds in length, featuring blue and red rectangles on the screen. 
The audio for these videos consisted of a series of bizarre pitch sounds. As at the time of this recording, this YouTube channel has over 600,000 such videos listed, the last one having been uploaded three months ago. No one knows exactly who is behind this channel or what its strange messages might mean, although online speculation has linked the channel with Google and YouTube has recently laughed off the channel, citing vaguely that it serves as an internal testing utility of some kind. An ITU sounds like something really bad that something you don't you should want. should get checked out. You need to get that checked. Honey. Seek an MD. Please. <laughs> we will now play for you the audio of the most recent video published on October 31st, 2019. Uh, uh, That's right. Uh, Halloween. Uh, uh, don't. No, I'm mad. Don't fuck. With, no. Don't fuck. Okay. Nope. All right. Let's let's do this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't, I don't, that one what freaks me this? out a little bit, that I don't like, weird. I don't like the vi- the visual, I, I just, it just the seems weird, the visual adds in an, an additional element, yeah, uh, from the other ones that, uh, just adds that extra layer of fucking creepy, because, Someone put those together intentionally. Maybe. Someone or some kind of program or what. It just feels like you shouldn't be watching it. Like it feels like a thing you shouldn't watch. I don't know. It's kind of, it's, I don't know. That one, that one gets me a little bit. It, all of this gets to me. <laughs> because if it's one thing that I don't like, it's like shit that like tries not necessarily to be normal, but it's just like, it makes absolutely no sense. Like uncanny shit? Yeah, like it just makes yeah. no sense. Like it's not like, all right, whatever. If you want to get on there and then, you know, try to do like a creepy video or or whatever, like that's fine. But the fact that it's literally just sounds and like shapes and numbers. Yeah. I think it's the fact that it is so abstracted from any logical meaning because of the coding. Your brain just doesn't really like know what to do with it. And so then we immediately get uncomfortable, right? Uh, Yeah. Because we don't we don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And also there's the, you know, the subtext obviously is that something about it is hidden, right? Something is something's being hidden. Now, it's whether like it's somebody's to... fucking lunch order for Chipotle or not, <laughs> like, that's a whole nother matter. But um, it, it's like the fact that they're, the premise of it is that something is being obscured from your understanding. And then also you have that additional layer of it's been abstracted from meaning completely. And so it's just a random list. The nursery rhyme ones are really creepy. What? There's nursery rhyme ones? Yeah, there's some that like, like instead of the numbers, they'll use like phrases like, like I mentioned, the green ball uh, bounces against the red wall, and they'll just like repeat that oh. as the coding to to tell you what page on the on the one time pad to use. Yeah, for decoding, it's creepy. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I am flabbergasted. <laughs> 
So in closing, we would ask you as you're curled up listening to your podcast or at work, trying not to tell Tammy what a bitch you think she is. We would ask you to question how many messages are out there hiding in plain sight, anonymously broadcast through the airwaves. How many secrets populate the air around us? Secrets to which the keys have long been lost. And how many of those broadcasts still hold meaning? And who is listening? Hopefully you. Yay. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, where are you? Where I was trying to look at her like, where are you going with this? What's going on? Thanks for listening. Oh, God. It's you. You're listening to us on the airwaves right now. Yep. We're trying to send you a message, but it's not, it's not encoded, girl. I mean, sometimes I guess it is. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. We try not to. We try to be like as clear with you guys as possible, but you know. It is us, so sometimes it's, it's a little difficult. So it's hard. It is hard. It's fucking hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to acknowledge a few of our sources for this episode just because this oh, episode did you? was Yeah. This episode was a lot of Great. research. Um Priam.org. Um all of this will be linked in the episode description, hopefully, if we can fucking even do that. Um <laughs> Priam.org, uh, the foremost numbers station research organization online, Enigma 2000, which is a UK group that does a lot of research on numbers organizations as well. UFO Insight, Crypto Museum supplied a lot of information on the OTP encoding and decoding. Um, and if you're interested, um, Lowell's person, OK, on YouTube actually has a really thorough um, really well researched and well put together video that you can check out if you want more detailed information on the subject. It's like 30 minutes. It kind of feels like a feature film. It's cut and put together like really well. And I, I highly recommend it. It's pretty good. It's got like a lot of good spooky vibes. Uh, so pop some popcorn and watch it. I will not. Actually. <laughs> I hope to never hear another goddamn thing about number stations ever again. <laughs> after this episode, after walking out of this room today, <laughs> I don't ever want to hear, hear a fucking frequency ever again. Okay, what's the frequency? Get ready to get in your car and like have it tuned to static. Yeah, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Kenneth is out. <laughs> Bye. Um, and if you're interested in doing some research for yourself and you're trying to find some of the number stations that are still active today, nope. um, I did want to mention that the University of Twent or Twenty, I don't know how to pronounce it, in the Netherlands, actually provides um, a free online shortwave radio that you can actually use through your computer. It's really so cool. Um, The URL is kind of complicated, so we're going to link it in the episode description for you. Um, If you don't get it for some reason, you can just reach out to us on any of our socials, um, and we will uh, get that for you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. This is just one of those episodes where I'm just like, I'm so like out of my mind, like <laughs> concerned that I just can't comprehend. You have the craze anything. Hair. And I'm just, yeah. And I, I like, this is one of those episodes where it's like, I just want to go and then like, you know, watch like fucking My Little Pony or some bullshit. And, like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's a My Little Pony station too. Fuck you. I'm sure there's a My Little Pony fuck number station. you. That's got to exist. Fuck you. 
fuck you for bringing this <laughs> into my mind and into this household. Oh, I love to do it. I love to do it. Well, uh, we're going to work on our uh, shortwave radio live episode no, for you. Not, not at all. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be where we're broadcasting. But until then, you can find us on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. We're also on Facebook. If you search The Haunted Heart Podcast, you can find our page. You can like it. You can also find our closed Facebook group. That's where we do most of our day-to-day discussion. So if you're not in the Facebook group, I would highly encourage you to check it out. If Facebook is not your thing... I don't fucking blame you. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can find us on patreon.com slash the haunted heart. And we actually, um, for all of our patrons, we ha- offer access to our discord server, which we're also on like from time to time to just like shoot the shit. It's kind of like a big old group chat, uh, but it doesn't come through to your like text messages and fuck your life up. And it doesn't give your phone number out to everybody. Cause that's not, that's not cool. No, no. You know? it's not cool. So. But yeah. So if you'd like to connect with us uh, there, Definitely, definitely do. Definitely check that out. At least until we relegate ourselves to the shortwave yeah. radio stream. No, we're not going to do that. Frequencies. But what you can do is also uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on uh, whichever uh, podcasting platform you're listening to that allows you to do. So we love reviews. Uh, we actually uh, have one that Ooh. I want to read. Okay. Yes, we do. Because uh, we have gotten a couple recently. So this is a nice uh free way to just show your support of the show uh and it's always great like you get like we get little warm fuzzies when we get them and yes. we read them we love reviews. and uh that is great so uh our review says uh from puppy pale oh sometimes they scare me hey. <laughs> yes like today sometimes we scare me too uh oh my god this is an amazing podcast don't listen at work unless you want your coworkers thinking you're insane. I know from personal experience. We love that. Got it. Love that. <laughs> love that. Would also agree. Yes. Thanks, Puppy Pale. Yeah, we love that. Love that. Thank you. Appreciate the review. Yeah, like Kenny said, it's a it's a free way to support the show. We really like it, and it also helps um, optimize the show and like do whatever kind of boosting bullshit algorithm bullshit that you have to do to. Uh, get new listeners so if we want new members of our family of our coven which we always do um give us a give us a review give us a rating help boost the show share it out to your friends all that is you know free ways that you can support the show so yes not everything's about money that's true so while you're rating and writing i'm gonna be crying (laughs) Uh, so until next time folks you know what you gotta do you got to stay. stay